Welcome to Steve's Simple Secrets Podcast. Thank you for joining us again, uh, whether you're listening in the daytime or in the evening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Today's episode has been in the works for quite some time now. And um, I think every time I decide to delve into it, I get into another topic. But today is like, no, this this episode has to come out. It has to be done. So today's episode is called The Common Denominator is Me. And I really wanted to dive into this topic today because of a couple things that I saw. Um, I kind of have been taking this break from social media and I haven't really been on Twitter or Facebook or um, Instagram much at all. The only videos I've really seen are videos that people have sent to me, but I will go on YouTube occasionally and watch like some of the podcasts and things that I like to tune into on there. So on one particular channel, it was showing a clip from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I think they have like some kind of special episode going on where they're like on some kind of trip or something like that. But it was a clip where April was just like really going off and um, she was talking about how she's just getting tired of being this strong black woman, right? Like she's getting tired of being the support system for, for men and like just tired of being treated a certain way by them and um, after all that she's done like as a mother and as a companion it's like it's never enough for them and um, today I just happened to scroll by on the shade room and I saw Sweetie had a similar message and she was just talking about how she's single now and how basically she can't be bought with gifts. And, um, you know, she was just getting tired of the situation that she was in, the betrayals and lies and things like that. And it was becoming too much for her. So she had to let go of the relationship she was in. And um, it just really struck me like this episode has got to be done <laughs> because I really, I applaud both of them for recognizing that in order for you to have the type of life that you want, you got to make some different choices. And I think April is at the point now where she's getting fed up of it. But Sweetie is at the point where like she actually made the decision that she's no longer going to put up with it. And I think that this is not only applicable to relationships that we may be in. Many of us have, of course, we've all encountered different experiences in our lives. We all have come from different backgrounds. We've brought, been brought up in different ways. And a lot of times I feel like it's easier for us to blame our situations, our shortcomings, um, the experiences that we have been through, it's easy for us to defer 
to other people. Like, you put me in this situation. It's because of you that I'm out here looking crazy. But really, we got to point the fingers back at ourselves. And this is also applicable to me as well. (laughs) And that's one of the main reasons why I really wanted to discuss this topic today. Because so many times we give people the power over us and our situations. And I just even think back to like being um, a teenager or even being a young adult. It's like, it's already difficult enough when you're walking into adulthood. It's like, you don't have all of the pieces. (laughs) Of course, you don't have all the knowledge. So I think that we depend on and lean on our friends, we lean on our family members to kind of help us to grapple with life, you know, because they have the experience and they've been through those things before. So we depend on their experience, their wisdom a lot. And sometimes we kind of defer our choices and let them make the choices for us because we feel like they can make the best decision. And I think sometimes they think that they make the best decision, but ultimately when things go wrong, (laughs) it's easy to point the finger and say, well, you led me in this direction. I did what you told me to do. Our lives are, are our own. When you defer your choices to someone else, you're still making a choice. You're putting your life in someone else's hand. And I think we do this, and I know for a fact we do this in our relationships, especially as women, because we just have that nurturing spirit a lot of us do. And we really want to help people. And we really want to help them to heal We want to help them to show them that we're there for them, that we support them. And the only person that you really have to prove those things to is yourself. You don't have to prove to another human being that you're worthy of anything. When you wake up in the morning, you're worthy just as you are. Like there's no amount of anything that you can do to prove to a person that you're worthy of their love. And it just goes back to everything points back to you because if you're feeling like you have to prove to this person that you're worthy, then that's almost saying that you feel yourself that you're not worthy and that if you don't do all these things, that you aren't worthy of this relationship or you're not worthy of this career, or you're not worthy of this life. And that's just not the case. So um, one of the questions that I had is at what cost? And I think that we can look at this in so many different ways because it's just like, what cost? Like, what is it gonna cost you being in this relationship? What is it gonna cost you? Is it gonna cost you sleep? Is it gonna cost you money? Is it gonna cost you 
health? Is it going to cause you anxiety? Is it going to cause you um, separation? Like, what is this relationship costing you? And I'm not just talking about male-female relationships or intimate relationships. I'm talking about what is this relationship costing you? What is this situation costing you? What is this career costing you? Because we will stay in anything (laughs) just to prove that we're able to do it. And you don't have to do that. And I know bills have to be paid at the end of the day. Yes, they do. But once again, it goes back to at what cost? When are we going to start making decisions based on our well-being versus out of survival? Because being in survival mode is a constant state of anxiety. Because when you're in survival mode, it's like, oh, I don't know what's coming. So I got to prepare. I got to have my defense up. I got to protect myself because I'm not sure what's coming. And if you're always on edge like that, it's not good for your health. It's not good for your mental. It's not good for your children that you're raising. It's just not a good situation to be in when you're always in that survival mode. So I wrote down a few strategies because, you know, at the end of every podcast, I have to give my simple secrets or my tips. So the first one that I wrote down is protecting your energy. And I think this phrase has been so used lately that it's almost kind of hackneyed or just unoriginal. It means a lot. And I don't think we really realize how much it means when we say protect your energy. Like it literally means if anything does not mean you any good, you don't need to be exposing yourself to it. And it's not just people, but just like how I said earlier, I have to protect myself from just that constant influx of information that's coming from social media. You're constantly being inundated with all of these messages and pictures and videos, everything. And at some point, you gotta say when. You have to say enough is enough. Like, I don't need all of this constant information coming at me because sometimes we we don't know how to handle it. Like, it's enough going on in our personal lives where we don't need to know everything that's going on in Nigeria, everything that's going on in Italy, everything that's going on in Texas, everything that's going on in Kansas, wherever. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you don't want to be aware of things you don't want to be like socially aware and all of that yes we definitely want to be but at the same time if you're dealing with a lot in your personal life it's not helping you to worry about the things that are going on all over the country at the same time 
you got to focus on what's going on within you and around you before you can even devote your energy to other places. And this even includes like friendships and things like that. It's so many times when people will call and it's like your con- the conversations are just not positive conversations. They're not encouraging conversations. So by the time you're getting off the phone, you were at a high with your energy. But then once they brought the negativity and the stressfulness and everything that they're dealing with, next thing you know, you're feeling low. You're feeling anxious. Now you got to try to build yourself up again. And it's all because you're letting all of these things get to you. So when I say protect your energy, it's at all costs. And I'm not saying that you just need to ignore people regularly, never open up your phone. But it has become so wild now to the point where if somebody calls you, you know, everybody has their cell phones tied to them at all times. So if somebody calls me and I don't answer, then what do they do? They text me. And I noticed this, like, even with our jobs, everything is like, okay, if they can't get a hold to you on one platform, then next thing you know, here comes a text message or here comes. <laughs> and it used to be a time where we had voicemails, right? And we would take that time and leave a voicemail, tell the person what we needed, and then wait for them to call you back. It's no such thing as waiting anymore. It's like, I know your phone is by you. I don't care what you're doing at this particular moment. I need an answer right this minute. It's very difficult to protect your energy when things are like that. And especially now that people are working from home. It's like, oh, I need you to do this right now. And I know you're at home, so that makes it even easier. You still need to take a break at home. You still need to walk away from that computer at home. And I know some people that are working 10 to 12 hour days from home. So we have to protect our energy. At some point, you gotta get up from that computer. You gotta walk around. You gotta go outside, get some fresh air, go for a walk, something at some point you have to shut down for the day. I can remember when I first started teaching, maybe the first few years, I would work the entire day, probably even after school. I mean, I picked up every single shift that they had. So if they had after school, I was doing that. I was working with parents after school. They had Saturday school, I was teaching Saturday school. They had summer school, I was doing summer school. And then on top of that, if I didn't finish my paperwork when I was at work, what did I do? I brought my papers home to grade. So I would sit at home after an eight hour work day, possibly a 10 hour work day. And then I would sit at home and check papers until I got ready to go to sleep or got ready to cook dinner 
or whatever. So at some point, we have to decide that we're going to separate work from our home life, from our personal life. We're going to unplug for a certain amount of time in the day. Even if you just say, you know what, I'm gonna dedicate an hour. And this is something that I'm working on too. Dedicating some time to get up in the morning early, stretch, um, decompress, get prepared to start your day. Don't just wake up, get dressed, and then go straight to work. You gotta have some time to set your intentions for the day. You know, whether you're praying or meditating or doing some kind of exercise, whatever relaxes you and gets you ready for the day, you gotta do that. And then the second step that I have is to make different choices. They said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. And I know many of us have heard that, but I feel like it's very difficult to make those different choices because it's so easy to either keep relying on others and allowing them to make the decisions for us so we can point the blame in a different direction or to just keep making the same choices. It's like, well, this is the person that I'm with and I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna keep sticking by him. I'm gonna keep sticking by her, even though she's doing me wrong, even though he's doing me wrong. And they'll change because if I'm not with them, then how am I gonna take care of my bills? Where am I gonna live? Oh man, who's gonna watch the kids? Um, I could think of so many different things. It's like, like the song that uh, that <laughs> used to be fun. It's cheaper to keep her, like, or and we can flip it around. It's cheaper to keep him, like, it's easier. And not even cheaper, it's just easier. It's easier to have half a man, I've heard, than to have all one or whatever, like, or than to have nothing at all. And we have to change our mentality. We have to make different choices because it's not okay to have half a person. Like, it's not okay to have, well, at least he's paying the bills. Like, I've heard women say this. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care who he's doing it with. As long as he takes care of my kids, it's okay with me. No, 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 no. Because even though you're saying with your mouth that it's okay with you, when he's coming in late at night, or she's coming in late at night, when you watching over their shoulders to see who they're texting, that's not good for you. So you gotta start making different choices, not just for your children, but also for yourself, because it's not enough. It's not enough. All those gifts, the cars, the jewelry, whatever, yeah, all of that looks nice, but if you don't have a person's heart, then what is that other self worth? 
because cars depreciate in value. Jewelry, yeah, okay, that'll be something that you can keep or whatever, but is it worth your vanity? Is it worth your time that you're wasting? Is it worth you being unhappy? And that goes back to that question, at what cost? That's the question that I want you all to go back and think about when you're evaluating your life and the things that are happening. At what cost? I've been in places where I was unhappy to work, where I will take, I would get up because I'm a morning person. So I would get up two and three hours before I have to be at work. And I was taking the long way to work. And when I say the long way, I mean, no freeways. I was taking the side street to get to work because I had to calm myself down, relax myself into going to work. And then I would even sit in the parking lot at times and not even go in when I got there until I had to be there. And that's no way to live. Like, at what cost? What was that costing me to feel that way about my job and to still go in there every day? At what cost? So we have to make different choices. I can remember waking up every every day and just saying to myself, this is not my life. This is not the life I'm supposed to be living. I knew it wasn't the life I was supposed to be living. But I felt an obligation. But it's like, who do, why do I feel an obligation to you that's stronger than the obligation to myself? I have to live with me every day. So why am I choosing you over me? Because I'm trying to help you out of what you're in but I gotta help myself. And that goes back to April, you know. She was talking about being there for someone, being there for her partners, trying to do everything, taking care of the children, trying to make sure they're straight, cooking and cleaning. And then we have so many standards on us as far as how we should look. So we're going overboard to try to look a certain way so that we can be pleasing to the person. And then you do all of these things to please an individual, not even necessarily to please yourself. You're doing all of these things out of obligation and to please someone else. And then you look up and that person goes and cheats on you with somebody else. And then it's like, at what cost? <laughs> And it's not funny, but I'm just going to keep going back to that question because it's real. At what cost? I don't want to have surgery. I'm going to weave in my hair. I'm getting my teeth fixed. Even if I'm not doing all of that, I'm going crazy on my dieting because I just want to be perfect for you. I want to look my best, not for myself, but to please you. And then I'm doing all this and I'm invisible to you because you focused on somebody else that's over there. Or not even that, but it's like, because you're insecure 
and you don't have everything together or you're feeling you're not healed and you're not whole yourself, you're trying to fill that void by going out there and stepping out on me. So you're increasing your manhood. But at what cost? What is it costing me? What is this costing me? Sleepless nights, anxiety, nightmares. What is it costing me? So we have to really, we got to start making different choices because depression is real. Anxiety is real. And it's not worth, it's not worth it to you. I think about, uh, man, it's just, it's crazy because I'm thinking about a particular woman. I don't know if I want to put her name out there because she committed suicide and um, when she committed suicide she left a letter to her daughter basically saying like you know the reason that I committed suicide is because of your father that bothered me so much for so many reasons for one it's because you have so much promise. Like, I don't think we realize that our potential is endless. The number of things that we could do with our lives is endless. But we have put so many restrictions on ourselves because of what society says, because of what our family thinks because of what we think is the norm and we think is what everybody should do or everybody should follow. We restrict ourselves so much. That's one thing. And then when you take your life, it's like you're cutting that potential short because you don't realize that the sun is coming after the darkness. Like, I have been through some dark times. A lot of us have been through some dark times. We have gone through sickness. We have gone through uh, just being broke and desolate and divorces and all types of things. But that's not the end. And you got to allow yourself to see what's on the other side. So that's one thing. There's something on the other side. And it's going to get better. The way the Bible explains it is that time and chance happen to us all. Which means that all of us are going to go through highs and lows. It's not always going to be great. It's not always going to be happy times. We're all going to grieve at some point. We're all going to lose people that are close to us. We're all going to go through sadness. It's real. We're all going to go through loneliness at times because people don't always understand what you're going through. And sometimes you got to go through it on your own. But that's not the end. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So that's one part of it. And then the fact that the daughter has to deal with the aftermath. 
And she has to deal with the fact that now she knows something about her father and the father is the only surviving parent. And then it's like, now I have to have ill feelings towards you because I'm putting the blame of my mother taking her life on you because, you know, you did whatever you did to push her to this point. And it's just so much in that in that entire situation. But I use that story because all we have to do is make a different choice. And I know it sounds really easy, but I know how difficult it can be. Because before I made my choice, I pondered on it for probably five years or something like that. But once I made it, once I chose me, it was one of the best decisions of my life. But I had to make that first step. So we got to make different choices. And then third, learn to say no. And I know how many times have we heard that. And I know how difficult it is because when you say no, you feel like I'm letting somebody down. You feel like I'm available to do this. I can do this. But at what cost? (laughs) It's always going to come back to that. If I'm breaking myself down to do things for others because I feel an obligation to them. And it's not like I'm saying no all the time, but I'm saying no at times where I need to preserve, protect my energy. I've exhausted myself already. Or maybe I've done things for other people and I just can't do it today. You got to say no sometimes. And I don't just mean to like errands. I mean to conversations. I mean to your body, access to your body. Sometimes you just gotta say no. Because what is this gonna cost me? What is it gonna cost me? Why am I giving up a part of myself? One of the most sacred parts of myself to someone that doesn't value me. Oh, because I don't want him to go on to somebody else or because I don't want her to go on to somebody else. They're going to do that anyway if that's what they want to do. There's absolutely nothing that you can do to prevent a human being from making the choices that they want to make. And let me say this as well. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you because they make the choices that they make. You are not a garbage can, point blank, period. And the reason that I say that is because do you know how many people speculate on why somebody makes the choices that they make? Oh, he must have cheated on her because she ain't no good. Uh, She can't cook. She ain't doing nothing over there. She probably ain't halfway taking care of them kids, whatever. That's why he went up. Why, why could we speculate on stuff like this? That is none of your business. That's not your relationship. You don't know why he did what he did. You don't know why she did what she did. So why are you blaming that individual? Why are you pointing fingers to that individual? Because of what 
you think. You don't have the right to evaluate somebody else's situation. Evaluate your own situation. <laughs> what do they say? Sweep around your own front door first. So we got to learn how to say no. The next thing is self-care is not optional. It's a necessity. And why do I say this? Okay. Self-care has been portrayed as taking a bath, uh, going to get a mani and pedi, um, <laughs> getting your hair done. Okay, yes, those all could be ways of self-care. I'm not saying that they're not. But the self-care that I mean is when you have the opportunity to be alone in your own space in your and when I say your own space it could just be in your own head space and you are taking care of your spiritual well-being that's real self-care like yes I feel great when I go get my nails done I feel great when I have my hair done and I get dressed up and everything like that but all of that stuff is material. It looks nice. It dresses up a package, right? But the real you is the spirit that's within you, the soul that's within you. That's the real you. And that's the part that really needs to be dressed up. That's the part that really needs to be preserved and taken care of is the inner part. So when I say that's not optional, it's a necessity, like at some point you have to work on the real you. You have to get to know yourself. You have to know what your desires are, what your needs are. And if you don't know what your needs and your desires are, then you can't expect somebody else to meet those needs or desires. And then, even if you do know, you gotta meet your own needs and desires. I think a lot of times we look to other people, it's like, even with vacation and things like that, you know, we're waiting for a partner, a significant other to take us on this vacation, to take us to Jamaica or Punta Cana, wherever you want to go. <laughs> and you just waiting on this, oh, I can't wait till I get, a, you know, a person because we're going to be going here, we're going to be going there, we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing that. Why can't you do that stuff with yourself, by yourself, or with your friends or whomever? Why do you have to wait on a significant other to do the things that you really want to do in life? So yeah, self-care is not optional. It is a necessity. We have to take care of our spiritual well-being. And that even ties into number one, protecting that energy. It's part of self-care. Learning to say no is part of self-care. Making different choices that benefit you is part of self-care. My next tip is when you have a non-negotiable Stick to it. Don't compromise it. If you give a person an inch, they take a mile, right? 
I love those old sayings because they are so true. They never wear out. If you give a person an inch, you let them know, okay, he forgave me for this. Okay, she forgave me for this. So I know next time we good. And I mean, that's just real. People are going to go as far as you let them go. If you let them buy you the first time, they're going to try to buy you the second time and the third time and the fourth time until you say, I can't be bought. And I know it is. It, it feels good for people to give you things and to shower you and everything like that. But, and I know what y'all don't know <laughs> what I'm about to say, but at what cost? They're showering you with all of these gifts. They're showering you with some of the attention that you want, some of the time that they want to give it to you. They're giving you just enough to keep you going, to keep you hanging on. But in your mind, you know that you don't really want to accept these things, but you're allowing it because you want to compromise. And you think that it's a bad thing to say no. You think it's a bad thing to not be helpful. And it's like, at some point, it's beyond being helpful or it's beyond being a kind person. At some point, it becomes foolishness. And that's just real. Like, at some point, it, at some point, you have to take a stand and say, enough is enough. I just, I can't do it anymore. So if you have non-negotiables, stick to them. They're called non-negotiables for a reason. If you are working a job and you break a non-negotiable, then you lose that job. If you go to a school and they tell you you can't drop below a 2.5 and you get a 2.47, you're gone because you did not get a 2.5. So why is it that we feel like we have to have leniency? And I'm not saying don't forgive people. And I'm not saying that you're perfect or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, if you know that something is unacceptable to you, if you know something feels morally wrong to you, if you know that this is compromising who you are as a human being and the things that you value, then why would you bend it or break it in order to please someone else? What is this costing you? It's costing you your pride. It's costing you your morals. It's costing you your values. So what are you gaining out of this situation? Oh, at least I'm not alone. That's not enough. That's not enough to gain. And the last thing is heal so that you can accept newness into your life. So one thing that a lot of us do, and I feel like <laughs> I'm probably guilty of this as well. One thing that we do is before we process one situation, we're already into something else. And I'm not saying just relationship-wise. I'm saying, like, career-wise, it's just like they tell you, 
before you quit one job, have another one lined up. And we don't give ourselves enough time to process the things that we're going through. You need to give yourself time to heal. You need to give yourself time to reflect. Reflection is so important. Just sitting down and thinking, okay, why did this not work out? Why was this not the job for me? Or what could I have done differently? And what will I do differently the next time? Let me sit down and really process this and think it through so that I don't end up in the same situation again. And that's why the topic of this episode is the common denominator is me. Because if you keep ending up in the same type of situations with different people, then more than likely you're the common denominator in the situation. Because everything else is changing. It's just like when you do an experiment, you got the control and then you have the variables that change, right? So it's the same in this situation. All the other variables are changing. But you're what remains constant. At that point, you need to find out, why do I keep choosing these type of people? Why do I keep choosing to work in this type of environment? Why do I keep compromising? Is it because I'm feeling like I'm not enough? Is it because I don't want to be alone? Is it because I'm not thinking about myself? I'm thinking about the other person. I'm trying to help him or her heal and I haven't healed. You can't. You can't make a person be who they don't want to be. The only person that you can change is yourself. You can want to motivate someone. You can want to push them. You can want the best for them. But when it comes down to it, they have to want all those things for themselves. And if they don't want those things for themselves, you can't make them want it. You can't push somebody where they don't want to go. You can't lead a horse to water and make them drink. I love using all of these old things. I'm telling you, you can't do both. I'm telling you, I've done it. I have been a person that would do anything for anyone because I just want to help everybody. I just want to see people be successful. And then I realized it was costing me. I'm out here filling out job applications for you. I'm faxing them. I'm I'm doing emails. I'm doing resumes. And what does this benefit me? I can say, okay, well, if this person gets the job, then they can throw me a little something or, you know, it's going to benefit me in the long run because the money is coming into the household or whatever. But it will cost, really. What what is this costing me in the long run? It's costing me time because the time that I'm filling out your resume and applying for jobs for you and helping you to get hired is time that I can be devoting to myself and my spiritual well-being. It's time that I can be devoting to my goals and my dreams, which are just as important as yours, if not more important to me 
but I'm helping you with everything that you got to do. And the moment that I say no, it's like I never helped you with anything. Man, you can't help me. I literally had a person ask me to be their referral for a job. And I told them, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Why not? Because I don't know your work ethic. I can't speak for you in that area. I don't know. And I don't want to put my name out there because let's say I come across this person again and they're going to be like, oh, they referred such and such and they didn't do right. And then I can't get what I'm trying to get. And do you know this person really got mad at me and we fell out about that because I wouldn't be a job referral? You don't have anybody else that can write you a referral. How about your previous employer? How about some of your previous colleagues? Oh, you didn't have a good relationship with them? That's precisely the reason why I don't want to be a referral. Because I don't know how you act in a professional world. And some people may say, man, that was me. You know you could have been that referral. At what cost? That's the question for this episode. Why, what was it going to benefit me to be a referral for this person? And then flip it around. What was it going to cost me in the long run? You could say, oh, it's not going to cost you anything. But I don't know. And because I don't know, I'm not going to make that sacrifice. Now, we don't even have that type of relationship built and I mean friendship wise or anything we don't even we're not even on that level to be writing referrals for for each other would you write me a referral that's another thing too sometimes we gotta flip this stuff back on people because all of the things that I'm doing if the tables were turned would any of this be reciprocated I have written referrals for people that I have worked with and that I know are great workers. I know their work ethic. I know the benefits that they have provided to our workplace. I'll write them a referral gladly and they will do the same thing for me. But I'm not gonna do that for somebody that can't return a favor. And I know people will make you feel bad like, That's something that you could have done. You could have done that. But once again, you know where I'm going with it. I'm putting my time and effort into someone else. And if they really want that position, they're gonna write their own cover letter. They're gonna write their resume. They're going to find referrals that know them professionally. They're going to put in the effort because it's their life. It's not yours. How many times do we do things for people that they can do for themselves? And then if they can't do it for themselves, there are places where you can go, like Michigan Works, like there's people that are resume writers, like you can put a resume on Indeed or Monster.com or all these different websites. And they will check your resume for you and make sure that it's up to par 
So why should I sacrifice my time to do that? And this is coming from someone that has done these things. But I realize now that that's not protecting my energy. That's a waste of my energy. That's a waste of my time. And it's not productive or beneficial in any type of way. So once we really start just examining the things that we're doing and why we're doing them, and I think that should be number seven, examine your choices and why you're making the choices that you're making. And if any of your answers come back saying, I'm doing this so they won't be mad at me, I'm doing this so they will like me, I'm doing this so they will love me, I'm doing this so they will appreciate me, so they will praise me, so they will say that I'm this type of person or that type of person. If any of your answers are coming back that way, then you're not doing it for the right reason. Because you should not be doing anything to get the approval of anyone. Every decision that you make, it should be self-approved and God approved. It should be because this is your purpose. It should be because this is your passion. It should not be because I wanna just go along to get along. Stop compromising in life. Stop compromising your health. Stop compromising your happiness to make others happy. The common denominator is you. You are the one that can change the situation that you're in. You can pray, pray, pray all day, all night. But ultimately, faith without works is dead. You got to put some action into it. You got to put some effort into it. And if you keep making the same choices, you're going to keep getting the same results. And I'm going to end with this story my family always crack on me because they say that I do the uh, <laughs> ghetto Bible story. <laughs> but this time it's not going to be a ghetto Bible story. It's just going to be a regular story. And I know everyone has different beliefs. I don't know what my listeners' beliefs are, but I know what my beliefs are. And I feel like even if you choose not to believe the Bible for whatever reason, there are still so many valuable stories that are in there. I love telling the stories because they are so applicable to our lives. And so many people say, oh, that was written so many years ago. Like, times are different. This and that. When I tell you they're not that different, the same stuff that was going on then is the same stuff that's going on now. You know why? Because people are people. We may look different than they used to live back, look back then, or we may live shorter than they used to live back then, or whatever. But at the end of the day, people are people are people are people. So this particular story is about this man, and he was disabled. This man was unable to walk. So there was an angel that would come down and this angel would stir the water. And when the angel would stir the water, if you got in, then you would be healed. 
this man would go there every single day. But when the angel would come and stir the water, he would never get in. And one day, Jesus came along and he asked him, you know, why why haven't you gotten healed? Like, you've been here every day for 38 years. Why are you still not able to walk? He's like, well, you know, every time the angel comes, um, somebody jumps in front of me, they cut in front of me, so I never get to be first in. And the reason why I'm telling that story is because, once again, in this situation, the common denominator is you. You come here every day. You have somebody bring you here every day because you can't walk here yourself. But... You got to take that next step. So when the angel comes, if you really want to be the one to be healed, you better be sliding across the ground. Um, whatever you got to do, I don't want to say pushing and shoving her. <laughs> There's a few different things. So one thing is that the first thing out of his mouth was excuses, right? Because it's the reason why he couldn't do it. And then, in his reasoning why, it was blaming others. But in reality, the reason why was because of himself. It was because either he felt like he couldn't do it, or he didn't know if it was gonna work, uh, which would be doubting, or if he was actually able to walk, then he couldn't sit there and beg for money anymore. So that will remove his income. Who knows? Like these are the, the real things that we really go through when we're making choices. We go through all of these things and then we ultimately decide it's best for me to stay where I am because this is comfortable and I don't have to anticipate what's going to happen if I change anything. I just want us to think differently. Instead of thinking about all the reasons why not, let's start thinking of all the reasons why. Let's start thinking of all of the benefits that we're going to have if we choose differently. And how our lives are going to be different how much different of an effect that we can have on others' lives. The better you are, the better you feel, the better parent you can be, the better co-worker you can be, the better friend you can be, the better family member you can be, the better you you're going to be. So I just want to end with that. I hope that you all got something from this episode today. And as always, if you got something from it or you want to debate with me about it or I always get messages like, yeah, you said this or people tell me, yeah, I listen to this. And I love that. Like, I want feedback and I want to know what you all think about what I said. And if even if you have a, an opinion that's different from mine, like, I want to talk about it. So I hope that you enjoyed this. And talk to you next time. Bye-bye.